0: On today's episode of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast, I have a special guest, Dominice Clifton. Dominice's story is one that unfortunately is all too common. A life that was filled with dealing with past trauma, external stress, and pressure of social norms, not to mention the constant internal battle for balance in a world that made it impossible to slow down. Dominice is the founder of Move and Steal, a mobile movement studio that partners with service-based businesses and nonprofits that are geared towards social impact, human impact, and race equality. She offers constituents movement and workshops that increase the overall health and wellness of the organization and ultimately impact their output in a positive way. She is also the founder of the Nourish Well Collective, a hybrid wellness community for women entrepreneurs and working professionals of all backgrounds to elevate their mindset as well as physical and mental well-being. I'm so happy to have you on the show, Dominice. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me today, Dr. Shayla.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. All right, so we're going to dive right in. So just tell us more about your story, about what led you to doing the great work that you're doing now.
1: Mm -hmm. So in order to tell my story, I always have to go back to my childhood because a lot of the things that I've had to work through and really release on my end started as a young child. So I was born to a teen mom. So my mom got pregnant with me at 15. She had me at 16 and I've never met my biological father. And when I say never met, I mean, not so much as seen a picture, don't really know, you know, many details about his name. And my conception story was essentially very traumatic for my mother. And so I inherited a lot of, you know, the trauma that she was dealing with and the fears, the worries, the stress that she was dealing with while she was pregnant with me. And so I was born, and my mom, who at the time, um, when she got pregnant, was a senior in high school, knew that education was really her only way out of poverty. Her, you know, her and most of her family, or all of all of our family, had grown up in poverty, and so she was always very smart and knew that education would be the way out. And so after graduating high school, um, my mother left me with my grandmother and went off to college and she was only about two hours away from me, but I would only get to see her on the weekends. And so at a very young age, I was separated from my mother while she was off getting her education. And I was with my grandmother who I had at up to that point been living with my mom and I. And so it was, it was a familiar relationship, but then my grandmother had a brain aneurysm and was no longer able to care for me. And so I was then had to move in with some other family members who, you know, I had known, but I, I was two or three, I didn't really grow up with them. And so lots of just moving around and displacement at a young age, not really understanding what was happening because number one, nobody was explaining it, but number two, I was two or three and not really at an age where I could comprehend And so I just internalized a lot of unworthiness, like not feeling loved, just feeling like very moved around and displaced. And that stuck with me. So in addition to all of the the changes that were happening as a young child, and then again, not having my father, when I finally did move back with my mom her senior year of high school, I feel like at that point, because we had been separated for so long, our relationship was really heavily influenced by that separation and it impacted pretty much growing up, like our relationship wasn't so great because of that separation. And when I started to do my own healing work and really study some of the ways that trauma impacts children, being separated from family and parents specifically, is very traumatic for young children. And so by the time we got back together, you know, things were okay, but my mom was a single mom, you know, she was young, she was trying to figure it out. And then on top of it, we never talked about my father. And so I had all of these things going on in my life that I didn't understand. You know, at that time, I wasn't seeing a therapist or anything. We just didn't talk about it. Like, that's just the way that my family handled and typically handles things. It's like, we're just not going to talk about it. And so there was this huge elephant in the room of my dad not being there. And I didn't know what to do with that. And then there were all of these other emotions that I was dealing with as a child that I didn't know what to do, how to deal with them. And so I just started overeating. And that started at around seven years old. And by eight years old, I was very heavy, very overweight, and I continued to struggle with emotional eating and overeating for over two decades up until just a couple of years ago. And, you know, it was the thing where it was like, I I don't really feel in control of much in my life, but I can control my relationship with food. And so one of the ways that I coped was overeating. And another way that I coped was being an overachiever and perfectionist. And so outside, again, of so many things around me feeling out of control, I knew that I could achieve, be perfect, you know, try to be perfect. And I just kept chasing this like never ending needle that always moved once I got closer. And even right now, as we're having this conversation, it's something that I'm still working on. So last year, I was in therapy and diagnosed with high functioning trauma, which you see a lot with people who look really good on paper, but are struggling with, again, like trying to control work or education, like those things, just to mask how we're feeling inside. And so I'm still working through a lot from, not so much from my childhood, because I've been able to release and forgive there, but just a lot of the ways that I cope, I'm still working through, like not overworking and not, you know, striving to be a perfectionist. And so, you Yeah, that's, that's a condensed version of my story. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And you touched on so many important Mm -hmm. things there of childhood trauma and childhood adversity. There are more and more studies, thankfully, that are coming out now that we know that these challenges do affect our children and we see it as adults, these mm-hmm. things that they carry over. So when children are exposed and when they experience these traumatic experiences mm-hmm. in childhood, you you lost one parent after the next with being then uh, raised by your grandmother and then mm-hmm. losing your grandmother. And so those things do carry over into adulthood. And for a long time, we didn't recognize that to a point of making impactful change into one, how we guide children and how we help children through these experiences. And then two, how we help adults who have had these experiences. So it's great that you have found that connection and that you've been able to even incorporate this into the work that you're doing. So that's really wonderful.
1: Thank
0: you. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing you talked about, the emotional eating. My background in obesity medicine, one of the things I've strived to do Too is to help people to see that there are so many aspects to Mm -hmm. obesity. And it's not just this calories in, calories out Mm kind of old thing that we thought. There's so much that goes into it. You had a traumatic childhood. Mm -hmm. Eating for you was a way for you to gain control. You weren't doing this just because you just like to eat or you just like French fries or anything of that nature. It was deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that and then understanding obesity from that light also helps others to recognize this as a, as a serious condition and not just some lack of willpower kind of thing, but it does, it's so multifaceted and has so many, you know, different aspects. So just, yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing that and touching on those points for us.
1: Yeah, I was, I would add to that. So I think that um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about how, when you struggle with food, whether it's overeating, which was my case or my guest on my show was talking about how she was bulimic. And so she, she did Eat. But we were talking about how food I feel like is more challenging as a coping mechanism because it's it's like we have to have food to survive, and it's something that's accepted in our society. And many people overeat, it's all around us when it comes to celebrations. Whereas with things with other substances such as alcohol and drugs, it's kind of like a fine line where it's like we don't want people doing these things, but with food, it's such a different relationship. And I agree with you that. There's, there's so many like layers to having an unhealthy relationship with food. And then again, because it's constantly around you, like it really is very challenging to work through. And I served as a nutrition and wellness coach for a couple of years before starting moving still. And what I saw with my clients and even with myself really is that the difference maker typically with food is getting to the root of the emotions that cause the overeating and the emotional eating, because you can give someone the best nutrition plan or give them the best workout plan or, you know, whatever it is. But it's like, if we don't address the internal things that are causing you to turn to food when you're bored or sad or angry, you know what I mean? Like... Mm Every time that you have that feeling, you're gonna go to this thing because this is the habit that your mind has instilled. And so for me, myself, that was the biggest game changer is starting to work through my own trauma and re- really recognizing what was causing me to overeat, not so much as focusing on nutrition, which is of course a big piece of it, but you know, I had to look at, What does it take to be a healthy person? And a part of being healthy, yes, is nutrition and diet, but it's also healing from the things that are triggering and causing me to want to turn to food.
0: Yeah, like you said, with that mindset, piece of it. Why are we now feeling that, for instance, I, I need this cookie? Why Why am mm-hmm. I feeling like I need this cookie? What does this cookie do for me? How will mm-hmm. I feel after I eat this cookie? It's so not so much even about the cookie. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's, it's about those underlying layers that are leading to having you make that decision, whatever that decision is that you're making mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, that's great for you to point that out. And now with your experience and stress and trauma and with your work, what are some key factors that you have found that motivates individuals to a point of seeking help or what even motivated you to a point of seeking help?
1: I think the most important piece in my journey and just in general when working with clients or hosting workshops is self-awareness. So you have to be self-aware enough to recognize I need help or there's something that I need to work through. Now, how we get to that, you know, the end destination might look different for um, each of us because there are many paths to healing. But I think recognizing that there is a problem, whether it is food that you turn to or some other substance or whatever it is, you know what I mean? If you're if you're angry often and um, or impatient and irritable, like noticing the signs and symptoms that are showing up paying attention to and being aware of how you are triggered by things and then making the decision to seek help. One thing I will like to point out is that when it comes to healing, so, you know, dealing with stress and trauma, again, of course, that awareness piece is important. But I also like to tell people that we have to be our own self-advocate and representative. So a lot of times when we decide, okay, I'm going to get help we maybe start to see a therapist. That's typically the way that a lot of people start. And I think a lot of times we approach healing from a place of powerlessness where it's like, I'm going to go to this therapist and they're going to heal me or they're going to cure me, doctor, therapist, whatever it is. And what I've learned in my work is that we have so much power ourselves. I say like, it's so important for us to hold space for healing. And what that means is that the body holds the stress and trauma And so when it comes to, okay, I want to change. I want to work on this thing that I'm struggling with. Yes. It's helpful to have a therapist or a doctor, a professional who can guide you, but it's also really helpful to understand your power and how much power you possess when it comes to your healing journey and really being an advocate for that. And so not thinking that it's someone else's responsibility to heal you. They are just guide. They are just someone to assist you, but you can, we can do so many things on our own when it comes to releasing the things that we're holding on to. And that's where things like breath work, meditation, yoga, you know, any sort of physical movement become really important. And so I think self-awareness is important, but I think that again, like owning your own power and recognizing that you have the ability to heal, although you can collaborate with and seek help from outside people is also very important.
0: Right. Yeah, that is so true. One of the favorite things that I like to say is really for someone to take charge of their health. Mm -hmm. You know, even me as a physician, I always tell them, yeah, I can prescribe you all the medicines in the world. I'm really good at prescribing medicines. I was taught to do that. Mm -hmm. But Unless you're ready to take charge of your health Mm -hmm. and I'll strive to teach you things that you can do for yourself so that you can be in charge of your health and not have to depend, like you said, on these other things. Mm -hmm. These things are great as guides, but ultimately, yeah, we as individuals do have to take that first step and we as individuals have to be controlled and be ready to take charge and to take those action steps to create change and create healing.
1: Yeah. And I love that you're differentiating that for your patients and really giving them the knowledge of why it's so important to take charge. Because I think a lot of times in the medical industry, you don't have everyone that takes that approach. Like a lot of people approach it where I'm the expert and you're the patient. And I think that that does a disservice because it does make us feel like, well, this person, you know, they, what they decide is ultimate. And again, like, I am so grateful that we are living in a world where we have the medical advances and therapy and things that we have. But I think that it's important for people to realize, again, like they have to own the process and i think you and i are kind of you know agreeing that just that mindset shift is such an important part of the of the journey
0: right yeah for for sure it's so true give you the example even within the realm of diabetes you know i've seen Mm -hmm. patients before where i'm just putting more and more medicines Mm -hmm. there but until they really make that decision to say okay I am going to change what I put on my plate. I'm going to go for a walk or whatever type of movement. Then we really see change yeah yeah the medicines work yeah we can do that but yeah. until you're really ready and are willing to do those next steps then that's where we'll really see the change and that's really where we'll see the sustainable mm-hmm. change too mm-hmm. so that you aren't suffering from complications and worsening uh, health conditions mm-hmm. so yeah you know self-awareness and that self-motivation is, mm-hmm. is so important in this if you're frustrated with your weight taking more medications than you like to, have been told that you are at risk for the development of a chronic preventable disease, or just are not feeling in the best of health, then I'm talking to you. Why? Because you're tired of fat dieting. You know it's time for a change and you want a sustainable plan to improve your health. If you have found yourself at this place in life, well, I have developed a program that's just for you. It's called The Essence of Health. And it's your prescription for transformation. My goal with this program is to give you the tools needed to create sustainable lifestyle changes within a group coaching setting, along with one-to-one individualized coaching to give you a personalized path to health that's just for you. The benefits are priceless. So join today. Head on over to eohcoaching.com to learn more. The essence of health is in you. Dominice, one of the other things that I love what you do is within the space of breathwork. So mm-hmm. just share with the audience about what breathwork is and what benefits this can provide for an individual.
1: Sure. So, breath work, the simplest way that I put it is that it's the act of conscious breathing. And so, I always say, right now, you and I are having a conversation and we're breathing. And for the folks that are tuning in to listen, as they are listening, they are breathing. And it's beautiful because it's something that happens automatically that we don't have to think about. And I always joke and say, like, imagine if breathing was at the top of the to do list. Like, we wouldn't be here because, you know, we have so much going on. But thankfully, our bodies are so complex and so beautiful that there are many things that are self regulated breathing, the heartbeat, those sorts of things being one of them. And so again, we're always breathing, but breath work is just really controlling the breath with specific patterns. And so depending on what your desired outcome is, you can change your breath for that desired outcome. And to give you an example, if you're feeling lethargic, like I shared with you before we hit record, I'm a little tired today. I didn't sleep well. There's breath work practices that you can do to energize the nervous system. So to really activate that stress response, that fight or flight kind of turn that on intentionally to to give you a boost of energy and to warm the body up. And then on the other side, if you're feeling anxious or maybe overwhelmed and you feel like your nervous system is already triggered, but it needs to be calmed down, you can actually choose breathing patterns that are intentional about triggering the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest or rest and restore. And so you can play with breathing patterns based on, again, your desired outcome. And breath work has many, many benefits. Of course, one of the greatest things about it is that it allows us to heal on a cellular level. So when you breathe, the air, the oxygen travels throughout the body and is able to heal you on a very deep level, which aids in releasing stress and trauma that our bodies are holding, because we know that the body really holds the stress and trauma. And so we're able to release stress, release trauma, sometimes that has been stuck in our system for years, decades. We also can achieve mental clarity. So if you're feeling foggy and kind of, you know, just feeling out of it, that midday slump that happens a lot of times, again, breathwork can be really helpful just for providing mental clarity, energy. And another thing that I appreciate about breathwork is that it can be an immediate release of stress. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, which you you were sharing that a lot of the listeners are busy professionals, busy women, there's constantly a never ending to-do list. And sometimes it it can be a lot to try to balance all the things that we have going on. If we're professionals, mothers, wives, mentors, like all of the things, it it gets to be a lot sometimes. And you feel that pressure. And I love breath work because in those moments where I am feeling overwhelmed or angry or triggered or whatever emotion I'm dealing with, I can turn to the breath to find immediate relief. And so that's another reason why I love it. And so, you know, if you're sitting at your desk and you're working and you're like, oh my God, this is too much, like just pausing to take a few slow breaths help to calm the Nervous system down. And then you really like jump back into a place of being in charge and not just being reactive to all the things that are going on around you. And then the final thing I will say that I also appreciate for me personally is because for so long I was used to seeking validation and answers externally. And so it would be the therapist, my mom, you know, my family, my friends, like whenever I had answers, the, the coach, the guru, I was always looking to other people for guidance. And not that those sources are not helpful for me now but i have learned to trust myself and really re-establish a relationship with myself and my body my intuition because of breath work and so before i go to anyone else to ask them their opinion or what they think i always check in with myself first and so i've been able to re-establish it's an ongoing process like any relationship but re-establish a body with myself so that i can trust myself when i get an answer And then again, like if I need a second opinion or, you know, someone to reflect, I can always turn to someone else, but I'm much better now about trusting my intuition since I've been doing breath work consistently.
0: Yeah, that that is amazing. And I love what you do with that. And and that was a great way of explaining that too Mm -hmm. for the audience. And a lot of the folks that I work with, they are busy professionals. I'll tell you about one client that I had, this client, they own their own business. Like you said, in the middle of the day, they would get to this point where they would have just really overwhelming Mm -hmm. anxiety because they've been they've been on, you know, that mm-hmm. feeling of being on where we have to talk to everybody. We have to manage things. We have staff, you have to get your staff together. You've gotten your kids together and mm-hmm. out the door to school. And so by the middle of the day, they were finding themselves just Overwhelmed with anxiety mm-hmm. to a point of even having panic attacks, and so one of the things that I even talked about with them is saying, "Well, let's institute a small break in your day." And as you know, for a busy professional, even the thought of that can even mm-hmm. cause some overwhelm. But we we started small. We just said, "Okay, we're going to do ten minutes where you're just going to take that time, shut everything off. We're going to turn the phone off. You're going to turn the computer off. Staff is not allowed to contact you for anything for this ten minutes." And just take time to think, breathe, clear your mind. And so what this individual did, they said they end up spending that 10 minutes in their car. And just like you said, they would just breathe, take Mm -hmm. deep breaths in and out listen to the birds chirp outside, you know, do absolutely nothing for 10 minutes. And they found that this made just a huge impact in their day and for them to be able to go through that second half of the day in the afternoon without that overwhelm and that Mm -hmm. feeling of anxiety that they were previously experiencing. So yeah, so folks listen up to this breath work that Dominesis is talking about in teaching because it is so impactful for multiple people and just helping with that feeling of overwhelm. We've, as a a country, as a society, as a whole, you know, we've just gone through a pandemic. We've got crises Mm -hmm. all the time that are going on. And so really, always finding ways that we can recenter ourselves and we can ground ourselves and improve our mental health and is always important and and helpful there.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I want to say two things that yeah. your story made me think about. So the first one is that I love the story that you shared for two reasons. So one, we always have access to our breath. Like you might not always have access to your therapist or your listening partner or your, your partner you don't always have access to another person, but you always have your breath. And so in those moments where you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, like you said, like anxiety is creeping in, you can always breathe. And another thing I loved about your story is that it doesn't take a long time. Like, often we think that self care, you know, prioritizing ourselves takes a long time. And I don't have time for that. It's just another thing on the to do list. But five minutes, 10 minutes really does make such a difference in resetting your nervous system and really helping you to calm down. And then you mentioned like your client was able to go throughout the rest of the day having that mental clarity and like feeling less anxious because of that. And so I love the story for that. And then another thing I will say too is like, no one teaches us this stuff. So we're, constantly having to figure out what it means to calm ourselves down and and manage our stress. And as a coach, that's when I started to first realize like clients were coming to me that were very well-established women, very successful in their businesses or their professional careers, you know, doctors, having doctorates, those sorts of things. And they did not know how to manage their stress. And as a coach at the time, I didn't really know how to either. And I started doing research to better support my clients, but we're taught so many things in school that we oftentimes don't even use after we graduate, but we, don't, we aren't taught the simple things like how to calm our bodies down, proper ways to rest and those sorts of things. And so I think it's important for us to have these sorts of conversations for people to realize like we have access to simple things that can be so helpful for managing stress, releasing stress, really allowing ourselves to heal And again, like things that don't have to take a a whole bunch of time. (laughs)
0: That is so true. We aren't taught and breathing is something that we don't even think about. Mm -hmm. I did a trip once where we went scuba diving. And Mm -hmm. one of the keys to scuba diving is that Mm -hmm. you have to actively think about your breathing. Mm -hmm. You have to think of when you're taking that breath in, blowing that oxygen out, because that's how you survive Mm -hmm. being underwater. And the main thing that they're teaching you with scuba diving is they're teaching you breathing. Mm -hmm. And as crazy as that sounds, because we breathe all day long, every day, Mm -hmm you do have to be taught that to actively do that and be mindful of that.
1: I find that a lot of people in my work are very shallow breathers. And I used to be that way before starting breath work too. Breath work has helped me to really like engage my belly and diaphragm. So I've been able to really strengthen my breathing. But I find often that, like you said, we don't even realize how shallow we're breathing until we breathe deeply and take that big breath. And you're like, ooh, that feels different. Yeah. On um, Wednesday, I held a breath work session with an organization in Baltimore that works with previously incarcerated women. And one of the women shared that she had a hard time taking the deep deep breaths because her body has been so used to shallow breaths. When I said take a big breath, she had to take two small breaths. So we're all, and she's, and she said it was hard to take that big breath. And I was explaining that, you know, when you alter the way that your body is, is normally functioning, you have to then retrain the body to function the way that it's supposed to train. So I was sharing with her, whenever you think about breathing or whenever your awareness is on it, just take a few deep breaths, really pulling from the belly so that you start to retrain the body. But a lot of us, like I said, are breathing just from the chest and that puts a lot of strain on our hearts and our bodies, you know, to try to fill the body with the pH and oxygen that it needs, but with taking in much less air.
0: Yeah, that, that is so true and so impactful. And so tell us too, how have you incorporated a sense of community as a form of positive impact for reducing stress? How do you incorporate that?
1: Yeah, so I right now I'm in the process of spreading the word about it and really just like building excitement. Nourish Wellness Collective is a community that's going to be a hybrid community. So there will be online wellness sessions and online professional development and growth sessions, and then we'll be meeting in person quarterly across. Across the country based on where our members are. And so it was important for me to start with just spreading awareness about the organization for the first couple of months of this year, but I'll be launching Nourish in Q2. But there were a few motivating factors behind launching this. One, when I was going through my breathwork practicum, which was a ton of hours of just breathing people for practice over and over again i would hold space for women and they would always say oh it felt so good to be held like over and over i held i heard some version of that statement of you know i'm always nurturing and holding space for people and taking care of people and no one's taking care of me And I heard that over and over and just kind of like made a note of that in my head. So I heard that often. And then oftentimes as busy professionals, we don't prioritize ourselves the way that we need to, because like you said, like you have a million things going on. I'm not taking five minutes for myself. I'm not taking 30 minutes for myself. And then if I do find the time to do it because I'm exhausted and burned out, which is usually when we pause, I now feel guilty about it. So there's association, there's this guilt associated with, you know, taking time for yourself. And I've been really trying to change that narrative and not make it where self-care, and I really focus on soul care because I think we have to nourish the mind, the body and the soul. But I've been really trying to change that narrative for women to say, hey, like if you flip that thinking and recognize that if you take time to care for yourself, you're gonna show up better as a as a businesswoman or a career professional. You're gonna show up better in your household because you're gonna be less anxious and agitated and angry and all the things that we typically feel when we are burned out. And so I've been really trying to educate people on the importance of prioritizing ourselves first. And then the last thing is community is so important. Like as busy folks, especially as entrepreneurs, it can be very isolating, like you're in your world, you're so focused on your goals, you barely pause to take time to have fun to play to enjoy life. And so I created nourished to really answer those needs to give women a space to be held. And so we'll be offering weekly live breathwork yoga, yoga nidra sessions online. There'll be different times of the day. So you can tune in for 20 to 30 minutes during your, you know, your lunch break, or you can come and join in the evening. And these again are live sessions with live instructors. And then we'll have weekly accountability sessions and goal setting just to check in on your goals. You know, sometimes we get so focused that we don't really stop to celebrate ourselves and ignore what we've accomplished. And so, just making time for those sorts of things. There will be monthly guest experts, guest speakers that will be coming in and talking about all of the aspects of wellness, because I think a lot of times we think just physically about wellness. So, nutrition and physical movement, but there's financial wellness, there's spiritual wellness, there's professional wellness. Like, there's all these aspects of a holistic approach to wellness. And so, that's really my goal is to. Not only provide that wellness piece, but to also provide that professional development piece, but recognizing that the two are so important, like nourishing and taking care of ourselves is so important. And then again, as I mentioned, outside of the wellness sessions, we'll be meeting quarterly in person just for that community and engagement. And just it's great to be around other women and, and just get to know other women.
0: I love that. Yeah. And I, and I love the name nourish Thank because it, it does, it says so much that, you know, we do, we do need to nourish ourselves mm-hmm. beyond just food. We nourish our, our minds, we nourish mm-hmm. our spirits, we nourish our souls. And I, I love that you're tapping into all of that, which is so important, especially amongst women. You mm-hmm. spend so much time nourishing others that mm-hmm. we we do. We often neglect ourselves mm-hmm. and put ourselves last. You talk to a lot of moms who say, oh, my food's always cold because i I fed everybody mm-hmm. else you know by the time I eat uh, even mm-hmm. and you do that to our souls and our spirits in that same manner that we don't leave much to pour into ourselves and and so that's awesome that you're doing okay. that that work all righty and so I also know that you are a fellow podcaster so mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. tell us a bit about your podcast
1: Yes. Thank you for this question. So I am the host of the School of Healing and I was sharing with you that the podcast is almost a year old in May, but the podcast is really focusing on just educating people around number one, what healing is, because we talk a lot about healing, but people are like, I don't even understand what that concept is. And so just educating people about healing, what it looks like, why it's important, and also just sharing various ways and methods that you can approach healing. So there's more than just therapy. There's body work that can be done. There's somatic work that can be done. There's, you know, plant medicine, there's all of these ways and modalities that are available for healing. And it's not a one size fits all approach. And I think that's the biggest message. And so in addition to solo sessions that I do, which my goal is really always just to provide people with education and plant seeds. I also have guests on that come share their expertise and Again, the goal is really, I want everyone to heal with and release whatever they have to heal and release and really just providing many different paths that they can take to get to their destination.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome. So you all take a listen to the podcast too to to get more of Dominice. All right, well thank you so much for joining me on Essence of Health Tea Time today. This is just amazing to talk to you and hear about the work that you're doing. Now, so just tell the audience Dominice, where can they
1: find you out on the internet and social media? Sure. Dr. Shayla, thank you again for having me. So I am on Instagram and LinkedIn mostly as Dominice R. Clifton. And I assume that you will link me in the show notes because my name is so long to spell. So I never do. Yeah, (laughs) this will all
0: be in the show notes.
1: Uh Okay. And then as far as Nourish, the website is nourishwellnesscollective.com. And if anyone is interested, they can go there and sign up for the wait list just to stay informed for more information, things that are coming as I launch the membership. But I have something called... 10 under 10, Soul Care 10 under 10. It's 10 activities that you can do that nourish mind, body, and spirit in under 10 minutes. And I think that's perfect for your audience considering we're all busy women. And there's a free breathwork download, a QR code to access the free breathwork download as well included in that. So I'll give you um, the link for that as well.
0: Awesome, yes. And I will put all of that in the show notes so that our audience can check it out and can connect with you in that way. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a moment of the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Check out the show notes to obtain your free tips for healthy living guide to get you started on your health and wellness path. Follow me on social media at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and at Dr.TW at E-O-H-W-C on TikTok. Interested in becoming a member of the Essence of Health coaching program? Well, head on over to www.eohcoaching.com. The Essence of Health is in you.